0: So I ended up going to a conference, and the man that was preaching that night said that the Lord told him someone in the service had cysts on their ovaries. And I sat in my seat, I didn't go up, I was kind of just sitting and waiting, because when you do altar calls, everyone goes, so I'm like, okay, it might not be me. I sat there, and then everyone that I was with was like, Shannon, he's talking about you. And I'm like, what? So I go, I look. There's no one else going up. And he's like, I know the Lord has told me someone in here is dealing with cysts on their ovaries. And so I got up, I went up, they laid hands on me and I felt like physical fire on my ovaries, where my ovaries are. And once I came back to myself, I was like, I'm healed. My mom in the 90s was a nanny over in America and uh, met my dad, he was a DJ. They got married, had my two older sisters in America, and then they actually separated. And so my mom went back to England with my two sisters. Then she found out she was pregnant with me. And then in England, I was Catholic, went to Catholic school. I never knew that God was a relationship type of God. I thought he was just a man I prayed to and was told to do, and that's what I was told to do. So I followed that. And then 2006, we ended up moving to America because my oldest sister really wanted to be close to my dad. And so that's when I actually met my dad for the first time. When I came to America, I didn't know God. I was just living my life. <laughs> and then I ended up going to a Baptist church from one of my friends at the time, but it was just for fun. And just to kind of say like, oh, I'm a believer or like, you know, oh yeah, I love God. I was posting all the statuses on Facebook, but really I was still living life in the world. When I was actually 15 years old, that's when I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, where you have cysts on your ovaries. So they put me on birth control. I was on birth control and, you know, still lived my life. I was having unprotected sex, smoking weed every day. My senior year of high school, I started going to a youth group that I was invited to by a close friend. She was like, Shannon, you just don't understand. Like, Jesus is so good and he's this and he's that. And I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, last I remembered, he was boring, but you know, I'll go. It's a youth group. So I ended up going and I was like, wow, this is chill. And it was actually a non denominational church. So they spoke in tongues. The only things I didn't really see was them casting out devils or prophecy. But you know, they spoke in tongues, spirit filled. It was fun, so I was like, oh wow, so I continued to go. Then I started going on Sundays. I was going for a while, but I actually became an intern there. And an intern is basically like a leader, like you're released to pray, you're released to prophesy if you want to. I was a leader, but I was still going to church high. (laughs) I was still having unprotected sex. I was still living with my boyfriend at the time who is now my husband. I was still living in the world, but yet I was still a leader in the church. Still didn't have a relationship with Jesus, never read my word, (laughs) never really prayed. I just prayed here and there. I'd read the Bible app once a day, and I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know? So then one Sunday, I ended up going up, gave my life to Jesus. That was age 20. I ended up signing up for the baptism that they were doing because, you know, I was like, okay, I got to get dunked in the water, so let me go. I went, I um, got baptized, and when I got baptized, that's when it's like the wheels started turning. That's when I started taking my um, salvation seriously. And then...
1: um, What do you think was uh, what? What about that baptism? What about that moment? Now looking back, do you believe whoa, there's, there's a shift here.
0: I think because, you know, in the Bible, it talks about we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and, and in water. I think also at that point in my life, I was also ready to surrender everything to God because I started to realize, like, I'm basically living a double life. <laughs> And I was always scared that someone outside of church would see me, and then in church I'm a leader, so I'm like, I can't be doing this. <laughs> um,
1: did anybody at the in those moments? Did anybody know? Did anybody come talk to you?
0: Um, so the only person that knew was was a few people, but those people I would run from. I kind of would avoid them when I would go to church high. I was putting eye drops in my eyes, <laughs> making sure you know no one could tell that I'm actually high. But when I was doing that, I will say, like, I honestly felt closer to God. Like, in those moments, I thought I was closer to God, but really, I wasn't. (laughs) Um,
1: And were you hearing from God in that time? Like, what were you receiving from Him?
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, I was able to hear from God. I had no fear, like... And that's also what caused me to want to go to church high, because I'm like, I have to pray for these people. I have to lay hands on people. Like, I always have dealt with fear. So I was like, if I'm high, the fear goes away. So I would go, I would pray, prophesy, like like crazy. Like, I even think back now, I'm like, wow, like, God used me in that moment when I was high. But also, it's just crazy that I was able to still hear from God in yeah. that moment.
1: Yeah. Now- I want to be careful with this, right? Mm -hmm. Because people can also hear like, Oh, it's okay. I can, I can go, I can go to church high and, and God will still use me. So I want you to talk a little bit about that, right? Like, was God okay with this? What was he sharing with you personally?
0: yeah so um actually the church i went to they kind of preached the message in a way to the youth that it was like yeah we're gonna sin you can do these things as long as you pray for repentance or as long as you ask god to forgive you so for me i was thinking oh i can do this and i can just ask god to forgive me and i'm good But really, it wasn't until one day I felt the fear of the Lord like I've never felt before. That's still like the one time I will never forget. And I literally had smoked and I was about to go to church. And it's like God, the the fear of the Lord was so strong. I just had to fall to my knees. I started crying, repented. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And then still after that, I tried to smoke because I was dealing with fear and anxiety. My thing was, oh, it's medicinal. Some of the friends I still had at that time were telling me, well, Shannon, you know, it's medical, like it's fine. So I tried, I I smoked and then I had a really terrible (laughs) encounter with the devil. (laughs) Mm. Um, Basically I started like seeing demons everywhere, I started hearing voices. And the voices were just, like, I knew it wasn't God because they were telling me, like, you need to kill yourself. Everyone hates you. Like, just terrible things that I was hearing. And I remember I just broke down crying, and I, again, repented, and God's grace covered me. But even the second time, it was like, you know, you cannot go back. Mm. So
1: you have this moment of repentance, at some point you get baptized, and you realize that now there's a a shift happening. There's something different. Talk to us about what the Lord began to do as He began to shift your life and continue to essentially expose you to, to this new walk of how it looks like to walk with Him.
0: The first thing I'll never forget, the first thing with my walk with Jesus, when I actually took my salvation seriously, was forgiveness. And he taught me really hard about forgiveness, unforgiveness, and what does forgiveness look like. The fact that I moved to America, and that's when I met my dad, I never thought I would actually deal with, like, daddy issues. But the first thing God healed me of is unforgiveness towards my dad because I had so much pent up inside, and I thought, you know, oh, it's whatever. But it was very hard for me to trust God at first because, one, I'd always knew him as just a man up in the sky. I didn't know what relationship looked like. I didn't know what just talking to him, having day-to-day conversations with him was like. And two, because I was in a Holy Spirit-filled church, it was very new to me. I'd gone to Baptist churches but never heard people speak in tongues, never seen people fall out. And because of an experience before, it was very scary to me. It's like I wanted to grow with God, and I wanted that relationship, but I also was very fearful. I wasn't sure, like, what was happening. I didn't have understanding. And I'm the only one in my family saved. So when I really took it serious, it's like an attack would come, an attack would come, an attack would come. Even with that, it's like I responded in a different way. And they would be like, you know, Shannon, you normally would fight us, or Shannon, you'd normally argue back, or, and it's like the Lord was just giving me a peace that I didn't even understand in the time. Also, like, forgiving my mom and my sisters and even forgiving people that, molest, like, I was molested, even people that molested me in the past. Like, forgiveness was the biggest thing, I think, that God, and that when I first was saved was what God dealt with me on. Because <laughs> I think I had so much unforgiveness, but I didn't realize that's what it was.
1: Now, Shannon, you mentioned that you you had a relationship um, with this man who's now your husband, prior to you taking your you know your salvation serious and and you were in, involved in premarital sex with this person. You guys are married now. So how, how did that transition happen from living in this life not caring mm-hmm. to now being married and you know doing things uh with the Lord?
0: So we were actually engaged when I took the walk serious with God. And I woke up one day and I literally looked at my husband now and I said, we can't have sex anymore. Like, we have to wait till we're married. Honestly, I can only say it was God because it was instantly done. And we still lived together, but temptation was never so strong to where we fell. We literally didn't have sex until we got married. And that was about a year and a half. And then once we got married, and you know, now sex is a thing, (laughs) and it's okay to do. Honestly, I think because we had premarital sex, it was a little bit weird. And for me, it was weird because it was like, okay, now I'm allowed to do it. And, you know, it's a form of worship. It's beautiful. But it was like, for me, it was hard to grasp because I obeyed God so well in the moment of not falling. When we actually got married, it was a struggle that, okay, now we can freely have sex and it's not, you know, a sin. So, mm.
1: yeah. Now, you struggle with uh, infertility. You you mentioned yeah. that a little bit. You had... Um... PCOS. PCOS. Yeah. How did the Lord essentially healed you from that? Because now you have children.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So I have always known, like I've always known that God was going to make me a mother because I was always the one with kids, someone else's kids. Um, I just loved kids. And so I knew I was going to have my own, but when I was 15 and I was diagnosed with the PCOS, it was like, oh, you might have kids. Um, we can't guarantee that you will, but it might. it might happen, it might not. Basically, this whole time being on birth control and then, you know, we're married now and we want kids, I didn't get pregnant right away. So I ended up going to a conference and the man that was preaching that night said that the Lord told him someone in the service had cysts on their ovaries. And I sat in my seat, I didn't go up. I was kind of just sitting and waiting because when you do altar calls, everyone goes. So I'm like, okay, it might not be me. I sat there and then everyone that I was with was like, Shannon, he's talking about you. And I'm like, what? So I go, I look, there's no one else going up. And he's like, I know the Lord has told me someone in here is dealing with cysts on their ovaries. And so I got up, I went up. They laid hands on me, and I felt like physical fire on my ovaries, where my ovaries are. And once I came back to myself, because I fell out in the presence of God and everything, and I was like, I'm healed. Like, I just knew that God had healed me. And so I was like, I'm not gonna take this birth control anymore, because I was only on it for the PCOS. I stopped taking my birth control, and I still was struggling with cysts even after that. I was in a lot of pain, went to the hospital and everything, and they actually had told me that I had 21 cysts, 11 on each ovary, and that I was never going to have kids. And so that was the moment discouragement was like, boom, you know, and I was like, God, you were supposed to heal me, you know. I was really upset, and one of my friends just kept encouraging me. She would always bring me pregnancy tests after pregnancy tests, and I was just like, no, and... I went to the hospital, that happened, and then literally two weeks later, I took one of the tests. It was honestly Holy Spirit because, still to this day, I'm like, maybe I just did it as a joke. (laughs) But I really realized that it was Holy Spirit. I had one test left. This was a year later, and um, sat in my drawer for the whole year, and I ended up taking it, and it came back positive really fast. (laughs) And I was like, no way, no. And I still didn't believe it. And so I went to the store, bought literally 10 tests, took every single one and they came back positive. And then I was like, no, I just, God, you said you would do it, but I didn't know it was going to happen like kind of that quick, even though a year's not that quick. So I ended up going to the hospital and I was like, I need you guys to take my blood because I took a pregnancy test and it came back positive and I don't know if I believe it. (laughs) And sure enough, they did it and yeah, I was pregnant.
1: How did that make you feel to see God's promise mm-hmm. come through in that way? Describe to me a little bit more that moment, because there's a lot of people that are watching your testimony who are dealing with infertility. Yeah, What was that like for you and your husband, and, and, and what did it cause in your relationship with God even?
0: For me, when when God did it, it was like, instantly I was just reminded of how easy it is for the enemy to try and come against what God has promised because it was a whole year but I still I still dealt with the cysts and I still thought I still had the thoughts of I'm not healed but it's like if God said it or god you know he literally called me out in a the service then it's done you know it's just a matter of his timing not our timing and when I got pregnant it was literally God because I didn't have insurance or anything but everything that we had to pay we had to pay out of pocket for every appointment but God came through every single time and we never went without like we never struggled paying and then after I had the baby we actually got all the money we did pay back (laughs) I was in awe
1: how did that happen?
0: how did it happen? Yeah. Um, so for ultrasounds, it was about $350 an ultrasound, and you have to get quite a few while you're pregnant. And they kept telling me I was carrying big. I had a very easy pregnancy, but no problems, nothing. But they kept telling me I was carrying big, so they kept wanting me to get more ultrasounds. So we spent, in total, it was actually $4,000. I think it was like 4,200 something just on ultrasounds, medication, blood work. And after I had the baby, I got approved for something in the hospital. Still, I don't know what exactly it was. So it's only God. (laughs) But they approved me for it and we got a check in the mail return for 4,200 something from all of what we paid while I was pregnant.
1: And now you even have a second child.
0: Yes, and then I got pregnant right after. (laughs) So my oldest is two now, and then my youngest is three months. Now, what God has taught me with this is, because after my first child, after Jaden, my first boy, I got checked for the PCOS. They just did like a routine check, and they looked at my ovaries, and there actually is no sign of me ever having PCOS. No sign of cysts, nothing. When I would look at the ultrasounds before when they checked my ovaries and the Lord actually showed me that the, the two weeks before where I went to the hospital, I went because I was in a lot of pain and what it was was my cysts were bursting. And so the Lord was just showing me that that was happening for me to be able to actually carry my child and for nothing to happen. <laughs> so he was making room in my body for that to happen. and. Um, yeah, and so I went back after Jaden, and the doctor was like, Shannon, there's nothing on your ovaries. So when a cyst bursts, there's like a white, it looks like a white burst on your ovary. So everywhere that you've had a cyst, you would be able to see. Mm. But I have no residue, no scar tissue, nothing. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Shannon, who is Jesus to you?
0: It's so cliche, but i he's my everything. <laughs> he's... Literally, my my f- father, everywhere where I've had an absent father, he's been there. My strength, because there's many times I shouldn't have been as strong as I was, and it was only through worship and prayer and my relationship with God to where I could continue, you know? And so it's cliche, but literally my everything.
1: <laughs> Shannon, I want you to take a, just a quick second and... Uh, speak to women who are dealing with infertility. Obviously, the Lord was able to answer your, your prayers pretty mm-hmm. quickly. A, a mm-hmm. year is actually pretty quickly compared to how much some women are waiting for yeah. that miracle. For those women who are discouraged, who are watching your testimony right now and are in that process of trying to get pregnant over and over again, and they're, they may feel discouraged that their prayers are not being answered, that God is not hearing them. Mm-hmm. What can you say to uh, those women and men, right, if they're they're a couple? What can you say to them listening to your testimony right now?
0: I would just encourage them in the area of having faith that God knows the right timing. I only say that because a lot of times women, you know, even a man maybe, um, they want to be healed instantly. They want it to happen straight away. But if you allow the Lord to really search your heart, make sure everything is, you know, in order, make sure you're loving Jesus, serving him, everything purely, he will honor what he's promised in his time. Uh it's not on our time. <laughs> if it was my time, it would have happened in a month or two, you know, but It happened in a year, and if it didn't happen in that year, I don't think the testimony would be as big as it is um, in my life, even down to the finances coming back, even down to everything happening, even down to the scar tissue and the residue being removed. I don't think that would have all happened if it happened in my timing. So if the Lord's going to heal you, He's going to heal you, but it will be in His time, and allow Him to remove the residue and give Him time to Remove everything, not just heal you partially.
1: Shannon, any last words for people watching your testimony right now?
0: Just be encouraged. If God did it for me, he can definitely do it for them. (laughs) Because my walk hasn't been easy, but, you know, faith, you have to be faithful. Mm -hmm. So...